Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Hi everyone, it's John Hagedorn, and this is 1001 Stories for the Road. We're a proud part of the 1001 Stories Network, and we like to think of ourselves as caffeine for the curious. We're introducing this 1001 Stories for the Road episode at 1001 Heroes, Legends, Histories, and Mysteries this week so that our listeners who aren't familiar with this show can start enjoying it. It's gone through some changes in the past year, but this is the format where it will stay. Check the show notes for different ways to enjoy 1001 Stories for the Road, along with our other two 1001 shows. And now, our story. Today's story begins on a beach in a quiet little community called Seasconset on the east end of the island of Nantucket. But the locals call it Sconset. It's the story of a man who immigrated to America with high hopes and took his dreams to the top, becoming a big part of how we enjoy music, TV, radio, and yes, even podcasts today. Almost everyone who gets to Nantucket, that old whaling town about 30 miles off the coast of Cape Cod, Massachusetts, for a few days, takes the opportunity to ride a bike the seven miles or so to the village of Seasconset on the island's southwestern side, and called just simply Sconset. According to the local tourist guide, the village center consists of Post Office Square, a roundabout on which you can see the post office, Sconset Cafe and Package Goods Shop, Claudette Sandwiches, the Sea Sconset Market, good for fresh cut sandwich or an ice cream cone, and the tennis courts of the Sea Sconset Casino and Tennis Club. To the right of Claudette's is the road to the beach, only 100 yards away. That beach is where our history trail begins. So in your mind, if you can't be there right now, set up your chaise lounge and spread the towels. Set your picnic basket down and maybe pour yourself a cup from that thermos that you brought along. This little town of Sconset, just behind you, back in 1901, was the first home of wireless radio, which was invented by Guglielmo Marconi, the guy who really started it all when you think of radio and TV. And the wireless device you're listening to this podcast on 
right now. The New York Herald newspaper financed a little station for the purpose of transmitting and receiving messages from the steamships on the Atlantic Ocean. The Herald wanted to get the edge on the other papers by announcing early ship arrivals to New York City a full day before the other papers got the scoop. And, of course, once they were set up, they advertised their Nantucket Island project relentlessly to drive readership. Newspaper was king back in those days. The Marconi Wireless Company took over ownership of the station in 1904, but three years later, a fire caused by the electrical equipment destroyed the building, and they had to set up a new station in 1907, choosing a small house which still stands at the entrance to Sconset on a small hill called Bunker Hill, where the Milestone Road becomes the village main street. Although they began just transmitting messages to and from ships, with the addition of a large antenna pole, and using Morse code transmitters and trained wireless operators, plus the use of a runner or two, they were able to deliver bulletins to the local hotel and clubs, providing visitors who were rabid New York Giants baseball fans in the days before the Yankees with the day's scores. Life was so simple back in those days. But in 1909, January 23rd to be exact, while the waters off Nantucket were blanketed with a thick fog, the White Star Republic liner, carrying 540 passengers, was struck by the Italian liner Florida, which was bringing 880 immigrants from Italy to New York. Within minutes, the wireless operator on the Republic flashed the Morse code signal CQD, which was heard immediately at the Sconset station. The station immediately turned to full power and began sending the radio message to all stations and ships within a radius of 50 miles. The men in the Sconset station waited for any reply, and the Republic's messages were getting weaker until suddenly Steamship Baltic radioed in, saying they were in the area and headed toward the scene. They were guided entirely by position reports from the Nantucket station. In an incredible rescue effort in choppy, cold waters, the Baltic managed to pick up 1,650 people. Marconi's efforts were not only enabling international communication, now they were saving lives. The work of the young wireless operators was mostly dull and routine, spending long hours on round-the-clock shifts. One of these young men was named David Sarnoff, who started while still in his teens, enjoying the life and the beach at Sconset. One summer afternoon in the summer of 1910, he went for a lone swim and got caught in an undertow, which started pulling him out beyond the breakers and under. Two young women, Louise Campbell and Ruth Uptograph, saw him in trouble, and both being expert swimmers and familiar with the waters there, dived in and rescued him just as he was starting to go under for the last time. When he was landed on the beach, waterlogged and exhausted, some men arrived and turned Sarnoff over a barrel, then wrapped him in a blanket and gave him some whiskey. Sarnoff later returned to the station, where his colleagues, who were locals, advised him that any boy in Nantucket who was saved from drowning by a young girl had the obligation to ask for her hand in marriage. Young Sarnoff thought about that, thinking about this being a new country with new customs, and he being a Jewish immigrant and not wanting to have the island turn against him. And then he made up his mind. He donned his best white linen trousers 
asked the way to Ruth's house, which was on Sankety Bluff, and started walking, finding her house, and then Ruth. After he was admitted to the parlor, she entered. They said hello. She listened to his proposal, taking it all in stride, then thanked him for the compliment and sent him on his way. He worked hard on Scotchet and quickly was transferred to the New York City office at the top of the Wanamaker building, which is where he was working when the messages from the Titanic and the rescue ship Carpathia were arriving just two years after that beach incident on April 15, 1912, and in the days following. For three days and nights, Sarnoff and his crew relayed heart-rending messages of survival and loss to a waiting public and became the center of information for every newspaper and wireless station in the communicating world. Over the next two years, Sarnoff earned promotions to chief inspector and contracts manager for a company whose revenues swelled after Congress passed legislation mandating continuous staffing of shipboard radio stations and was one of the first to use H.J. Round's hydrogen arc to demonstrate the broadcast of music from that New York Wanamaker station. In late 1915, he proposed to AT&T's Edward Nally that music boxes be created for radio enthusiasts, and these were eventually marketed as radios. Sarnoff was the first to envision broadcasting by one person to many, and to sell his point, arranged the broadcast of a heavyweight boxing match between Jack Dempsey and Georges Carpentier in July of 1921. 300,000 people heard the fight, and broadcast radio was born. Sarnoff was there when American Marconi was bought out by RCA, which marked the beginning of NBC, which he founded. Working through Westinghouse, Sarnoff pushed for the development of television, combining the talents of engineers like Vladimir Zvorkin and inventor Philo Farnsworth back in 1928. In 1929, he engineered the purchase of the Victor Talking Machine Company, the nation's largest manufacturer of records and phonographs and later in 1939 introduced the first TV at the New York World's Fair. At the onset of World War II, Sarnoff served on Eisenhower's communication staff, arranging expanded circuits for NBC to transmit news from the invasion of France in June of 1944. Sarnoff had the Radio France station in Paris repaired and started transmitting with a signal powerful enough to reach the Allies in Europe. That broadcast became known as Radio Free Europe. David Sarnoff retired in 1970 at the age of 79 and died the following year, having a lot of successes and memories to look back on. Did he marry Ruth, you ask? On July 4, 1917, he did marry, but it was to Lisette Harmont the daughter of a French-Jewish immigrant who had settled in the Bronx as one of his family's neighbors. Their 54-year-long marriage was said to have been the bedrock of his life, but he often admitted that his long life wouldn't have been had it not been for the life-saving efforts of the two young ladies of Sconset Beach. Thanks for joining us at 1001 Stories for the Road. You can find 1001 Stories for the Road anywhere podcasts are found and at Alexa. 
by asking, Alexa, play 1001 Stories for the Road podcast. But we just started a new free app called 1001 Stories Network that contains this show and our other two, 1001 Heroes, Legends, Histories, and Mysteries, and 1001 Classic Short Stories. You can typically catch the latest 15 episodes on all three shows free, and after that they become premium archives. And we have a growing number of great back episodes that offer timeless enjoyment for fans. Many of the fans are now making the jump to premium member, which gives them access to all our back inventory, plus bonus episodes, early bird releases, and the knowledge that they're supporting our efforts here and securing a future for 1001. And we're asking you to please join us. Please check the links in the show notes and join up. Thank you. We'll be back next week.